Dear listeners, immediately after recording our episode, Blake Griffin signed with the Nets. So we're recording this intro to capture our reactions. Talk to you, King! Oh shit, my computer just. <laughs> I yelled and my monitor just went dark. Okay, sorry. <laughs> what can you tell me about the newest member of the Nets coaching staff? Blake Griffin. <laughs> Jacques Vaughn is going to be an assistant uh, coach to Blake Griffin. Um, I mean, it's, it's exciting. I, I think uh, what a lot of people are reporting, including Woj, m- most specifically, is that he's most likely going to be a backup, small center, small ball sort of center role for the Nets. So he'll be coming off the bench, which is not, it's not a small thing, but... Uh, for people expecting Blake Griffin to have like a bigger role with the Nets, is going to be part. He's going to form a new big four uh, with uh, KD, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. I don't think that exactly is going to um, come out. Like especially in the beginning, as they sort of uh, wade through his uh, involvement with the team and you know m- mixing and matching the rotations to um, find the best fit. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's. In, I think it'll be interesting if they even play start him at the five, and you have KD at the four or something like. I, I don't know. Well, what are your thoughts? Okay, I don't want to hear your objective analysis. I want to know your feelings. I want to know your feelings. A lot of people are saying like, I don't even understand why they got Griffin. I don't think Griffin is a value add to this team. Like, fuck it. Like he's, he, he's still Blake Griffin. He's still a, a good player. Like I said, uh, I mean, I'm not sure if this was captured, but he would have been the best power forward um, while AD is out out if he joined the Lakers and I thought the Lakers was like the best fit um but clearly he wanted to go to Brooklyn and if I can get objective for a second sorry he was willing to sign the minimum deal the Nets could have offered him the mid-level exception or the injury exception um that was given to the Nets after Spencer Dinwiddie was out for the season so they could have given Blake Griffin a lot more money and uh, we'll get into the finances in a second uh regarding uh, the buyout and how much Detroit is going to be paying Blake Griffin to win a championship with the Nets. Um, but, you know, for me, I, I think Blake Griffin is still a great player. Why I'm a bit hesitant as like saying like, I'm all in, this is it, we're a championship team and he's part of the big four now is because I, I want to see his fit with the three guys in the perimeter. Um, I want to see how he plays defensively. I want to see how he plays with DeAndre Jordan again. Like, I think that'll be a fun sort of reunion uh, if there's some sort of uh, if we can have some type of flashback to Lob City in some sense, if Blake Griffin can dunk anymore, like that would be exciting. So I think there's still some unknowns, and uh, I'll love to see it unfold. But I, I think that's you know when when games resume and Blake Griffin's part of the team, that I'm just excited to see how he how he plays. And I think also uh, Jacques Vaughn, of, of course, Jack. and oh and, <laughs> and Steve Nash. That they have to work out. They have to work out um, Blake Griffin's. A rotational fit on this team if he's a starter or not and if he's coming off the bench who he, who he plays with so he can maximize his talent. So Jacques Vaughn at this point is the 16th assistant coach. <laughs> he's 16th on the pecking order behind <laughs> okay, Kyrie Irving. Behind all the 15 players. Oh god. <laughs> Poor Jacques. I absolutely agree with you Kane but importantly let's not forget the Nets are getting Blake Griffin essentially for free. Okay, I know they're paying him. Yeah. What are they? Are yeah. they paying him the minimum? The vet. The or, vet. The vet. The minimum, bare yeah. minimum. That's amazing. Okay. Essentially, the, what this means is that this does not prevent them 
from still going after Andre Drummond, P.J. Tucker. I think mm. P.J. Tucker might be a better fit. Mm. It's a zero-risk play that you get Detroit to yeah. pay for your talent. And guess what? Yeah. I think he's going to fit just fine. What do we know? What does Blake Griffin and James Harden have in common? A common hate for CP3. <laughs> Let's just keep it real, okay? None of, those two players did not like CP3. This is one of the reasons why Lob City ended. Instantly, right there, there's already a bonding subject. I am high on this move, Kane. And yeah, like that, like you said, um, this this team is famously going into this direction where they're saying we don't care about defense. We just want to put up points. We'll put we'll put up 130 points and just try to stop us. Uh, so that 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 mantra of like let's just like run and gun that fits Blake Griffin's style. That fits James Harden's style. That fits DeAndre, who I, I guess he's been a you know defensive player in the past. But the, this is the team that is just going to be running and gun and. The only hesitation I have is, does Blake Griffin still have legs to fit that system uh, in today's game? He's a bit more ground and pound now, uh, which might make it less conducive for him to fit naturally. Um, but like I said, we'll see. I, I just, there's too many unanswered questions, I think. It's probably going to be a bench role or a limited role as a starter, like uh, one of the starters that comes off to the bench, it comes to the bench early, kind of thing like that. So his impact, at least early on, would not be that significant. Uh, you know, and that is in contrary to if he went to Portland or even LA uh, Lakers, for example, where he would probably make an immediate contribution because of the needs on the in injury and in, um, maybe with Portland, uh, they need more forwards. Firstly, I want to say that Blake Griffin made the correct decision. There's no space for him in Portland. Fat ass Carmelo Anthony is keeping the bench occupied. No, no space <laughs> on the bench there. Well, he's a starter, right? Are you worried about the Sixers? Because this is a team that everyone says is favored this year to uh, to come out of the East. Um. Yeah. I'm. I'm I. I just. I. I can't believe Joe jo jo B is playing so well. Like I I've been on the Sixers bandwagon for a long time now. I wouldn't even call it a bandwagon, but basically when they became when they when they knew they had two bona fide franchise players and Ben Simmons and Joe Embiid, and they started stacking the deck with Tobias Harris and and Jimmy Butler um, a couple years ago. I, I thought this was a team on paper that was the most talented thing, and then that didn't work out. It wasn't actually, like, I was wrong, I guess. It wasn't the team that was the most stacked on paper. It was a team that had the best stars. And Joy Embiid and Ben Simmons, even though they're both franchise anchors, uh, were never the best players on the court like in the playoff time. They were always, you know, second or third. And they just weren't playing well off each other, I guess. Um, offensively, they were taking up space from each other. Um, ben Simmons didn't have a jump shot. Joy Embiid was inconsistent and injured a lot of times. So there was a lot of question marks, you know, like could they ever piece it together for an entire season and make it to the postseason healthy and have the chemistry to get them through the playoffs and, and win the championship, which is, a, you know, a, a, as we know with LeBron, what LeBron says, it's, it's a mission, it's a marathon. You have to get through it. And I, I'm just a little bit suspect that Joy Embiid can last as long or there's some sort of fraction that might happen if they start going on three game or four game losing streak um i think those things are still on the table because they've proven in the past that these things can bubble up on the surface quite easily because they don't have the most natural chemistry ben simmons and joan b and these guys are your two most important players so if there's any 
uh, I don't know what the like you know leak in the cauldron or I don't know what the, I don't know what a good saying is uh, between these two. It could burst wide open because any any of these things could could fracture it or fracture it more than you know other teams that where the two best players are getting along. Like the same thing with the Jazz. I think they're doing well and they're playing well and, and winning solves a lot of problems. But uh, how do we know that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert's relationship is fully patched up? I think it's patchwork, like it's stopgap because the winning is there. But once the winning is not there, you know, maybe the floodgates open. Maybe all these bad feelings that in the past might come up, might surface up again. Um, so I'm not, to- I think it's a small sample. I know it's like half the season now, but I think it's still a small sample size. Uh, when you take into con- take into consideration getting through the playoffs, winning multiple series, getting to the finals, and against a Brooklyn team that is having fun vibes and and not even playing like the full squad, they haven't played the three best players all together for more like for more than like seven games. It hasn't been that many games they haven't played. They've played all together. Um, so I think as they ramp down, I think they're going to play more together. They're going to win more games, and it's going to be scary to verse a team with all three of these guys and uh, probably a healthy, confident Blake Griffin uh, possibly coming off the bench. I, I think, yeah, I think that's tough to beat them in seven games. I just feel like Joel Embiid, he's playing almost MVP level next to LeBron. Yeah, he is, definitely. But let's be honest. When he looks over there and sees who else is on the court, who else is on the bench, and he sees James Harden, he sees KD, he sees Kyrie Irving, he sees... Blake Griffin? I don't care that he sees 2021 Blake Griffin. That's Blake Griffin. And probably he sees P.J. Tucker there. <laughs> you can't convince me in the back of his head. He doesn't go, shit, that, that, is some, that, is, that is some jacked up roster, man. Has there ever been more Max players or former Max players on a single team than, this, than the current Nets team? So, count them. KD, Kyrie Irving, yeah. James Harden, yeah. DeAndre Jordan, yeah. Blake Griffin. DeAndre got a max? For that one summer, he was fucking like the, the star free agent get. He was so valuable, the Clippers like kidnapped him and like they're like hiding him from Mark Cuban. <laughs> so potentially, they, right now they have five former max players and they can add potentially a sixth. I don't think this has ever happened. Not only were they former Max players, these are all former Max players who are still under the age of, let's say, 33, 32. I don't think that's ever happened. The closest, I think, that comes to mind is that 2005 Lakers, 2004-2005 Lakers team, when they added Karl Malone and Gary Payton. And then at the time, you thought, this is unbelievable. This is like almost a Hall of Fame starting lineup. Except the difference is that there's Mm. Derek Fisher in the starting lineup, and both Gary Payton and Karl Malone were in their late 30s at that point. Yeah, I think those are last years or last year. I think it was Karl Malone's last year. So all I'm saying is that this is not Blake Griffin at age 38. This is Blake Griffin who hasn't dunked maybe in a year and a half. But this is probably a well-rested Blake Griffin who can give you a good 10 minutes. And that's all you really need. Yeah, well, yeah, you're right. So if Blake Griffin starts and DeAndre Jordan starts, yeah, the entire starting five would be max or former max contract players. Maybe not at this time, but if you include future max contract players, you've got Draymond Green, Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, DeMarcus Cousins, potentially. I don't, I'm not sure if you got a max max, but I think you, you got, got close, close at right? least. And, 
And then, uh, maybe that's it. No, I can't think of anyone on the bench that would have gotten a max. Andre Iguodala? Did Andre ever uh, get a max? I don't think he got a max. Maybe. But it's that Warriors mm. team. You're right. But, okay, so this is why I keep saying, I don't understand. Where's the deal? Why are people giving so much disrespect? So when that happened, when they got DeMarcus Cousin, what was the media narrative? What was our reaction? We were like, fuck it, this is game over. They fucking added... Demarcus cousin to this squad? Like this is not this is don't like why are we even playing games? Just give them the chip. <laughs> Whereas they add Blake Griffin, they add DJ, and people are like talking about Nets and asking if they make it to the playoffs like two months ago. I, I don't know where the hate stems from. I think it's because it's Brooklyn or it's the Nets more importantly. And the Nets have never won anything in the NBA. So it's like I don't know. Like if it's the Lakers or the Celtics, it's like, oh look, this they've done it again. They're another championship worthy team that you know is but for any other team like i imagine if it was like the grizzlies or the pelicans or any other team that hasn't earned it before they'll be like this surprise team is is building something special like we'll see what happens or you know i I don't know there's a lot of of course like every team has risk and doubts and stuff like it's unavoidable but I, i don't get the automatic reservation that they that they might miss the playoffs or they might miss the finals or, you know, whatever the case may be. I think there are default the championship favorites until an injury happens. But that could be for any team, really. You could apply that same logic for any yeah, team. Yeah, like, look at the Lakers. They didn't have AD. Can they win a game? God, God damn it. They're, like, fucking, like, three and seven <laughs> probably at this point. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be exciting and there are probably going to be a lot more moves and you're probably going to keep saying, like, oh, you know, you're Satan or whatever. <laughs> But the realist, the the thing is, this is what happens when you're in this championship window. You have to cash it in all. You have to cash it all in now to win, because that's the only thing that matters. Like I know you're saying, like just seeing a good team and winning basketball games is good, but that's not what Sean Marks is thinking. That's not mm-hmm. what KD is thinking. You know what I mean? They're not thinking like I want to be a good team for the market. Or the thing about the legacy, the thing about winning multiple chips. They don't care about Bro- you know, they don't care about Brooklyn at all. You know, they say that, but it's not about Brooklyn. It's about them. It's about their legacy. Sean Marks has, has a fucking like Kenny Atkinson's parking pass made into a necklace <laughs> on his neck. <laughs> Cash in all the chips, baby. Let's let's get this done. Let's win a chip this year. Let's let's win next year. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens at this point. Well said, sir. Bye. <laughs>
and then like as soon as they get married, like okay, I'm sending, I'm we're going to America, we're we're breaking up from the royal family. It's like no, my oh. this is what I was saying. This is what I didn't want to happen. Are you saying a black American actress actress and a divorcee didn't fit in with the royal British family? <laughs> Who knew? She was a divorcee. She married before. Yeah, she married before.、Uh. I'm just, I'm just wondering, like, what the yeah, the snooty British royal family were thinking when they're like, oh, oh American black person entering our family. Ah, you know, we'll see what happens. And then, yeah, worst, worst fears confirmed. Whose side are you taking in all this drama? I need to know this personally.、Uh, I'm asking for me. I mean, no, of course not. No one in my family follows the. Royal family. I don't even know where you're going with this. Well, what are you segueing to? Nothing.、I'm, this is this is a personal segment for myself. <laughs> I don't really care. I have no interest at all. I can't believe this. I thought you were linking to something. I'm like,、oh, what palace? You're talking about like, like pal-、uh, the old Piston Stadium palace? Oh. What was what was it? What was the old stadium? Uh, is the store the palace? palace? No, no. It's not called a palace. Now, now it's called. We're in Detroit. Um, it used to be the palace at Auburn Hills, which is not technically not yeah, in Detroit.、Yeah. It's like forty minutes or an hour outside of Detroit. It's like a different city, basically.、Yeah. All right, because Detroit had like you know needed to save that real estate for actual buildings and stuff, <laughs> not stadiums. They couldn't fit a stadium in the city. Speaking of palace intrigue, let's talk about our only fan, Hoyang's favorite team, the Detroit Pistons. Blake Griffin finally received his buyout. According to Shams and your sources, you're reporting to me that Blake is giving back about thirteen million dollars as part of his buyout deal with the Pistons. Yeah, he was apparently owed, based on his original contract, up to seventy-five million dollars for this year and next year. So over the next two years,、um, he was owing、uh, the Pistons owed him seventy-five mil. That's, I mean, a lot of money. Even if you spread that out, even if he were to be Bought out or released—that's just a lot of money owed. So, I guess there was some deal to be negotiated where、um, Blake gave back about thirteen and a half million dollars to the Pistons in the deal, and you know the the, the upside is that he's still going to be paid tens of millions of dollars、um, regardless of where he signs. He'll sign a minimum contract or、uh, you know、uh, um, the, the 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 one above the minimum contract. I forgot what it's called now. Mid-level and, exception. You know that'll be a yeah mid-level ex- exception. Yeah, that's right. And you know he'll get paid a few million bucks for that. But then of course the Pistons are still going to pay him like annually until he'll be like fifty. So basically, you're saying with what a buyout means is simply that he has an arrangement with Detroit where Detroit now doesn't have to pay his full the full remainder of his existing contract, but that after the buyout he becomes a free agent and. The next team that he signs for, he can sign for any amount of money. That's right. But from a player perspective, it doesn't matter if he signs even for a minimum deal because he's still getting paid、uh, the remainder of his contract from Detroit. So this obviously really benefits contending teams because Blake Griffin isn't buying out with the Pistons, so he can sign with the Timberwolves. You know what I mean? He 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 wants to win a championship. This is his time,、um, and we can talk about we can break down the play he is. Today, not the day, you know, not the player he was when he was playing with CP3 and DeAndre Jordan、um, back in the in the Clippers. But、uh, you know, he's a very different player now, and which is literally like three years know, ago. We can we can examine we can examine his fit. 
Well, yeah, exactly. Two years ago, 2003, 2018. 2018, he was the third team all NBA when he first signed, um, was traded to the Pistons. 2018, they were like, it was a triple the double. Clippers were retiring. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a classic trade where you're going all in on this team that was, yeah, a playoff team in the East and they needed to make a superstar move and they thought Blake Griffin um, was a superstar. It was a hefty risk, but, you know, I, I don't actually mind that they went for that, to be honest. I think... Um, you know, for me, what the egregious errors that the Pistons organization went for is, you know, letting young promising players out of the door. Guys that they were evaluating for at least a couple of years in the building and then saying like, no, we're not going to sign you to a contract extension. So I'm talking about Christian Wood. He's injured right now, but he should be back by All-Star break um, for the Rockets. And, you know, the Rockets also, you know, we can talk about if they're going to be tanking or not because they've, they've lost 13 straight in a row now. Um, but Christian Wood's a good player. I, I genuinely believe he's 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 got a pretty bright future. And and Bruce Brown, the, the guard Christ. slash forward slash center for the for the Nets, uh, he's starting in games where Kevin Durant is out, um, and he's been doing. He plays center. Honestly, he's six three or six four, but he's playing center for the Nets. He's like fucking shooting like sixty percent from the field, probably last couple of games. Well, he he hits most of it in the paint, but yeah, I mean, he's not a great three point shooter. But yeah, he, he's a great he's a great addition to the Nets that needed that sort of energy off the bench and, and sometimes starting. So, um, yeah, I, I, like, I don't know what the Pistons are doing, to be honest. Like, I think Blake Griffin is fine, but there's been a lot of mistakes that they've made that probably have led them to this path now where they're owing Blake a lot of money and they don't really have a, like, a clear guy that they can anchor around. It's not like Oklahoma City where they have Shea Gilgis still, you know, it's not like, um, you know, Timberwolves who have at least, you know, Carl Anthony Towns to mm -hmm. anchor to. They, this team, I defy you to name one person apart from Jeremy that can really be a future it's Jeremy. It's um, Jeremy. piece of this team going forward. So disrespectful. Right, sorry, Jer Jeremy, sorry. Jeremy, Jeremy yeah. please. Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah. With an eye. <laughs> well, yeah, we try to give fan service. We try to talk about your Pistons. We try to give some respect to your Pistons, but... What do you want us to say here? This team is an absolute disaster. Okay. If I was you, Hoyan, I'd probably look across Lake Michigan. This is Milwaukee? Lake Ontario. Lake Ontario. Oh. The Toronto Raptors. But they're not in Toronto right now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You took them. You took them. Okay. They're not even in Toronto. This is a perfect example where it's about management. It's about the owners and them screwing up this team. All right. Going, chasing after big names without actually having a strategy in place, without actually having yeah, the basketball IQ and doing behind the scenes work to make it work. They go after big names like Blake Griffin. They don't surround him with anything. They go after Stan Van Gundy and they give him yeah. both the coaching and the GM job. Mike doesn't even want to be like, coaching. like the GM. Isn't that Dwayne Casey? Before Dwayne Casey, Stan Van Gundy, he's the one that brought Blake Griffin over. One of the reasons why was that he felt like his job wasn't safe. It's like, okay, at that point, just like go for the moonshot. Mm. But what that meant is when you don't have that organizational stability, when taking those moonshots can really put your organization behind. And afterwards, what do they do? The Pistons, they go after Dwayne Casey, who had a successful career in Toronto, but they fail to realize it's not about the coach. The coach doesn't play the game. You have to give the coach the right pieces. 
and the coach can turn a bunch of a bad roster into a contender or, or into a competitive mm. product. Mm. So you look at Detroit now, it's like, what good is it to have Dwayne Casey? You know, Dwayne Casey is doing a terrible job in Detroit. Is it because he's a terrible coach? Like, who knows? Probably not. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, probably. And what did they get out of these couple years? The only thing that they got out of these couple years is delivering all-star caliber players to other teams, letting their young stars go. What is the most important thing for a small market, Kane? Is to retain talent, is to retain and develop yeah. talent, because you're not going to land the big free agents. Yeah. Yeah. How's Christian Wood Detroit doing? Detroit is... Is he a good player? He was, he was on track. I reckon he was on track to get an all-star uh, appearance if he, if he was healthy. But um, yeah, I think he's got a bright future though. How's that Brown guy doing? Is he a good player? Uh, he's first up. He's the first cab off the rank. He's first from the bench. He's the energy guy. He's invaluable to this team. If we go into the playoff run, and he, you know, he's going to be part of that rotation for sure. Like the eight-man playoff rotation. He's part of that, definitely. So what's the thinking then for letting these young, affordable talents go? Like these people were in Detroit for multiple years, right? Outside of Detroit, okay, you're surpri we're surprised that Christian Wood is falling like an all-star. We're surprised at this uh, great run that this Brown player is on. Because we haven't seen him. We haven't seen him. We haven't seen him really play in Detroit. But the Pistons have. Do they, do they have any scouts there, do they? Does anyone from the Pistons attend workouts? Do they like actually watch the practice? Who's, who's running the practice there? Because oh, I, like, I like Jeremy. Like, I like him as a player. I think you know, in this current uh, iteration of the NBA, the way it's played, you know, guys like Jeremy that are long, the, you know, they can shoot from outside, they can defend really well. They're quite invaluable. I think Christian Wood is probably in that same ballpark, but you know, probably a little bit more on the, you know, um, power forward side as opposed to like a swingman side. Uh, and they got similar contracts, so you know, I, I don't mind that swap if if they really thought uh, Jeremy is a better player. And you know, give or take, like I, they're both bad teams, so I, you know, I, I don't really mind. But yeah, letting guys like Bruce Brown go, I think Luke Kennard went to the Clippers. Anyone that even had like a little bit of. Um, like talent, like they've let go. Now is Blake Griffin, um, and I think it goes back. They traded like a lot of players. Like is Reggie, Reggie Jackson, you know, was on this Pistons team. Went to, went to the Clippers as well. I think there's a lot of talent, and 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 most recent was not Derek Rose, right? Derek Rose was hmm. traded to the Knicks. So I mean, look, what part of it is they're going through? They they're definitely now going full rebuild. They're going full tank mode, and. Uh, that's the direction of the team. That's fine. Like, you know, you're either going all in, like where you're training for guys like Blake Griffin and, and, and you're trying to go for the moonshot of winning a championship with a superstar, or you're going the other way, just, just selling, the, selling the farm, selling all the players, get as many draft picks as possible like Oklahoma. But there's no in between. And, you know, if, if you're going to go either, you have to commit. So like you're saying with Blake Griffin, getting Blake Griffin, I actually, I, 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 I liked it. I, it was exciting. It was a great move in terms of just boosting morale for the team. Blake Griffin at that time, like we said, it was a third-team All-NBA, one of the top 20, 30 players in NBA at that time. Sure, he was on a downward trajectory, but I, I don't mind that effort to get a superstar player. 
the the problem was they didn't surround Blake Griffin, like you said, with enough um, talent uh, to maximize uh, not even not only his talent but also to prolong uh, his prime a little bit longer by you know shelving him for some games like they're doing with LeBron or AD or other superstar players like KD that require because they you know they're going to make playoff runs, so you need to give them time to rest and you have other players to win games and for this you. is ultimately the biggest frustration is not that they're resetting the clock is that they're resetting the clock after they've already been a terrible team for the past decade eh, you never know they might apparently this nba draft coming up is is a big one um i don't do, do the pistons keep let's just <laughs> they might check do they even have their the pistons <laughs> got their draft pick i mean that would be sad let's just check they got yeah. They dropped a Killian Hayes. I like the Sadiq Bay guy. Uh, yeah, they got their own. Okay, so that's something. Yep. That's one something. of six. One of sixteen is the own, and then they also have the seventeen to thirteen to Houston. Oh, if it's if it's one of sixteen, if it's in a lottery, it's their own. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's something. But there's some other deal that happened for some reason. But let's wrap it up with this. I need some intel for from you now. Okay, because you broke this story to me. Uh, what are you hearing in terms of Blake Griffin destinations? Yeah, I, um, any interest on his part to become a part of the Nets coaching staff? <laughs> Apparently, anybody can do it. <laughs> anyone can do it. I heard. Uh, yeah, he wants to be an assistant coach to Jacques Vaughn. He wants to start from the start from the intern ranks and make his way up. <laughs> I thought he was going to be Jack Vaughn's boss. <laughs> <laughs> I think well, Jack Vaughn just keeps getting demoted for like, former players. For NBA players, welcome. That's an awkward conversation from Kyrie. It's like, Kyrie's like, Jacques, I like you. I like you. But we got to give Blake a chance here. <laughs> Look, like I, like I said, I, I think um, Blake Griffin's not the same player he was, obviously, two years ago. Injuries have really uh, taken a lot out of him in terms of athleticism and his defense. Um, he's averaging 12 points per game as a pretty ground-bound guy. I think there was a stat saying he hasn't dunked at all this year. Um, and part of me optimistically thinks that he's doing that to kind of protect himself. I think he knew his time in Detroit was running short, so he didn't want to ex you know, put that amount of energy into it. Um, I don't know where his pride was if that, that was the case, but that's a different conversation. Uh, now that he's a free agent, I... I think the best, his best landing spot is probably the Lakers. They need a power forward. Um, they need a guy while AD is out probably for the next month or two to step in and um, you know, have experience. And I think, you know, obviously now that AD is out for a little bit, he will be the best power. I mean, also LeBron James, if you want to call him a small forward or, you know, whatever position, a point forward. But Blake Griffin probably will step in and, well, Blake Griffin will probably step in to be the best power forward. You know what I mean? Um, he's he's still that level of player, I think. Like he's not, he's not, uh, he's not going to get better. But I think he's still good enough to be the the best power forwards, like from day one. Okay, so what I'm hearing from you is a bit of chess play. Direct Blake Griffin to the Lakers and grab Andre Drummond and get the chip. Get the chip. Are you talking about the Nets? <laughs> the Nets. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're saying. I, like, the, well, Sham, well, yeah, I'll just I'll say to that, like Sham said that um, Blake Griffin's preferred spot is the Nets, but I don't think the Nets is the best fit for him, like in terms of his offensive fit. 
because he's going to be taking up the paint space where James Harden, Cam Durant, and Kyrie Irving like to drive into. And if you put him out on the wing, he's not like the best. He's like shooting 30% from three-point land, so he's not the best like guy sh shooting from there. Um, to your point, there are some more intriguing uh, possibilities to fill in that sort of power forward center spot. And that includes Andre Drummond that could be bought out by Cleveland and PJ Tucker. The rumor oh, like is that it. he could be traded to the Nets. I like it. Uh, I don't know what his contract situation is, but there's also the rumor that Dinwiddie is um, on the trade block. Uh, so if that could be a straight swap, I know Dinwiddie has way more upside since he's 27. And he's a you know he's a he's a six six point guard so that that's I think way more valuable. But PJ Tucker having familiarity with D'Antoni's system, playing with James Harden, I think the, the marriage at least for this season next is just too good to be true. So let's workshop this. Workshop this with me, okay? I'm Blake Griffin. Yeah. Your general manager, Sean Marks. Okay. Yeah. I come yeah. to the office. Yeah. I tell you, Sean, I'm liking it here. I'm liking it here. It's Brooklyn. I've been talking to my boy Kyrie. Yeah. He's excited. Yeah. I would yeah. love to be on yeah. this team. Get some coaching experience. <laughs> <laughs> Have an assistant under me, Jacques Vaughn. Do a little bit of uh, people management. I like it. I like it. Signing up. Signing up. Look, uh, if he wants to, if he wants to come, he's he's like welcome aboard. Like he's still going to be a great piece. It, it, it really does actually matter. This is what you say to Does Blake Griffin want to come? <laughs> no, no honestly, terrible. yeah. Like, of course, welcome. Okay. Come on. Like, we need... It will be great to have Blake Griffin. What I'm saying is, it's not a natural fit. And Steve Nash will just have to work out the, the, the rotations a bit more. Because Blake Griffin, like I said, is not a natural center. He's not a natural forward. You play Jordan and Griffin on the court at the same time? I don't, like, I don't think so. I don't think that's a great a great move Fuck, i thought you were playing chess with me man you're playing checkers here this is what you tell this is what you say if you're sean marth you go blake <laughs> yeah. we love you we love you i love you but i've been hearing a lot of good things about la look i'm not sending i'm not sending blake i'm not i'm not sending blake away if blake wants to come on he's signing on like that's a minimum deal that's that's easy money right there i'm signing him up every day because even if he's a bench player, I'm not giving LA. Obviously, I'm not going to give LA Blake Griffin. Like I said, Blake Griffin, when he joins LA, he automatically is the best power forward while AD is out. By default, he's the best power forward. If he's in Brooklyn, he's not leaving the building. I would I, try I to figure that. out a way to send him to like somewhere else. Because I'm going to go after PJ Tucker. I like that. Andre Drummond. I feel like those are better but That's fits. the beauty. You can have... You can have them. You can have them. You can have them both. That's the beauty. That's true. That either the border or traded, um, the minimum deal doesn't count towards uh, uh, the cap. So you can just add those minimum deals. You can just gobble them oh, up. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Is there any possibility that they can get Blake Griffin and then trade him with Dinwiddie to get Allen back? Uh, no, because... You know, like when you sign someone, you have like a uh, amount of time before you, they can be traded. Right. There's like a window where they can't be traded when you first sign them. Okay. So, and then the trade trade deadline's coming up in a bit, so yeah, that that's it. Like they'll either release him or yeah, don't sign him in the first place. I see what you, how your mind is working, but I'm sorry, there's oh. rules in here. Uh, look, I'm 50-50 on this. I think he's either going to the Lakers or the Nets. That's that's where I'm at. Yeah. I, I think if I was Griffin, I would sign with the Lakers. 
but obviously as a Nets fan, if he if he's in a building and he's keen on signing with the Nets, then welcome aboard. He's he's in. He's a Net. That's it. Easy as that. See ya. See ya. Thank you for listening to Your NBA Podcast with David and Kane. If you enjoyed our show, please tweet us at Your NBA Podcast.